0: Welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We're your hosts, Stasia and Saskia.
1: On today's episode, we're joined by Rachel, a sustainable interior designer. Rachel, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about how you got into sustainable design. Yeah, hi, I'm
2: Rachel. Um, before I went into sustainable design, I used to work as um, an intensive care nurse, and then I decided I wanted to go and follow my passion work in design. So I completed the three year degree in interior design, um, and then after completing that, we moved to Germany and I worked for Design House over here and I didn't, it wasn't fulfilling my dreams of becoming a big sustainable designer. So I, last year at the start of the pandemic, got stuck in the UK visiting family. So I thought I'd set my own company up. And um, yeah, it's all started from there. It's been really cool. I've done one job in the UK. I've just finished my book, which is being published on sustainable, humane and healthy design. And I'm rolling out a sustainable wallpaper design as of hopefully January next year.
1: That's such a cool journey. What made you decide to go into sustainable design in the first place, and especially sustainable design over just normal interior design? Um,
2: because I find it frustrating when you actually dig into what's actually in a product, and it's not even just the fact it's sustainable, it's the health benefits. If you what companies and traditional products like paints and etc the stuff that goes in there you put it on your wall it off gases everything off gases even a low voc plant-based painting still off gas but it's the chemicals that it's releasing into the environment and you just think people are paying for these fantastic designs for their you know hotels businesses homes but the products that you're putting in there aren't actually what they're paying for health wise what are they what are we doing you know it's not actually we're not actually giving the guys the houses of their dreams so it's, i just find it really frustrating i got so frustrated to look at some of the top designers and you just think well i know that product it's not sustainable what's it coated in what's it covered in where does it come from is you know i mean when i work for the design house over here I mean, a lot of the furniture we acquired from London, when you track back to where it was originally made, it was made in Vietnam. And people were paying a lot of money. And then you think, well, I've been to Vietnam. And you know the kind of finishes. You look at it and you think, that's not sustainable. Is it, you know, the people that made it possibly aren't getting great wages. And you just think, what, what are we doing? We're just polluting the environment. We're absolutely, you know, what, what are we doing to the environment outside? I mean, research shows now, um, that the outside air t- is quality is better than inside of the building and that's even if you're in the city. So you kind of get, I think people are paying you for the service for their home, for their families, or you're going to stay, so you know, you, you save for your holiday, you're going to stay in a nice hotel and, we, and it's actually not good for your health and the products that are in there are detrimental, well, are we're killing the environment. So it's kind of like for, we can actually design, you can still design and create luxury Businesses and homes, but you don't have to use the products that are stripping the environment and actually aren't promoting your own health and well-being.
0: So, in relation to sustainable design, what actually makes it sustainable? Because you did mention, you know, the health benefits and the environmental benefits, but then how do you ensure that, for example, the materials that are used are sustainable? Um,
2: that's a that can be quite a headache if you're. If you don't know if you're like if if you're not in design sometimes that can be a headache because you can think okay i've got a design project where do i start this is designer what where do i get this from and also because you can, oh this one says it's organic and it's you go into it and it can be greenwashing. there's a lot of greenwashing products that are out there so basically looking for sustainable products it is actually a booming market in the interior design market it's actually starting to take off and it's about going to the, the manufacturer or supplier and saying okay I want I'm interested in this product what's in it where's it how's it made um who's made it where's it come from you know basically how long is this going to last and at the end of life what's going to happen to it can this is this biodegradable or can I reuse it so I mean a lot of products that haven't got aren't coated in sustainable finishes and stuff once they're finished it will just end up in a landfill so it's kind of like thinking it's looking at the life cycle of the product that you're buying okay so i'm going to buy a table for instance okay so i'm buying this table where where is the wood fsc forestry stewardship Stewardship council um what's coated on the table is it a uh is it is it a lacquer that is by you know that's going to make the product biodegradable can it be reused and it's just going back to it, because you think they can say, oh yeah, it's FSC, but then what's the lacquer finish on the piece of furniture? Because it's always the finish on the furniture um, and that. People don't realise that when you dig deep into it, it's like a lot of furniture as well. You can, if you go to the manufacturer and say, okay, I'd like furniture that is not coated in chemicals, because the majority of furniture is covered in fire retardants or stain retardants, which are highly toxic, and soon as that's on there, that product's not sustainable. So it's thinking about a life cycle of a product when you're purchasing, okay, how is this made? What is it made of? Where is it made? Can I buy it local? And um, what can happen at the end of life? Is it biodegradable? Can it be reused? Can it be dismantled and reused? So does, it's just thinking in that mindset instead of like, because everyone thinking, oh great, I'm decorating, I'm gonna get this, that, and that. It's just taking a step back and thinking, okay, what's this made of? What's its life cycle? and and can I buy this you know where it's not going to affect the environment or it's not going to affect your health as well
1: how do you find out if it has a toxic finish is this normally in the description of the materials Uh, this can be for some products like paints and finishes in some
2: countries if it's under a certain amount they don't have to declare it on the tin which is super frustrating um but every all the products should be it should be on the manufacturer's label if that isn't the case what i recommend to people is that you go back to the manufacturer they should be able to give you a breakdown of it i mean there are some companies that don't want to do that because they're worried if they give out the information that you're going to obviously share it with everybody else but i mean it's there are good companies out there aurora who's a really good company for finishes and stuff. And, there are, and a lot of companies are now realizing that they're having to start and to be honest and people let people know what the product finishes, etc., is. But if you can't get that information, I'd probably walk away. And if a product said it's organic or it's natural, unless it's third-party certified, I wouldn't believe it because a lot of these companies will market themselves, put the label in it organic. It has to be like... The labels to look out for when you're looking for products is like cradle to cradle. Um, I can send you guys some links to uh, what for people to look out for when they're looking for sustainable products. But it, the greenwashing is a real, real issue. A lot of companies are doing it because people want to buy it. But my advice is just go to the manufacturer, and if they won't give you what you're after, then I'd go look somewhere else because that's even not saying what it is. Or they don't want to share it for a reason. So yeah, it's it's tough. It, it's really tough. You've just got to, you've just got to really do your research. It's not. This will probably be the longest part of your project if you're doing your own design project. This will take up the most time, trying to find out if a product is actually what it is. But it's just looking at the life cycle and in the first part. Okay, what is in this product? I was also going to ask
0: um, because I, in terms of you know sustainability and um, buying things which are for example let's say organic and fair trade unfortunately those things are typically still more expensive yeah so with you know for example if someone is just a recent graduate and you know doesn't have a lot of savings in the bank or someone you know has a a job that is a lot more vocational for example is there a way for them to also still be able to you know have the most sustainable Uh, products within their home in terms of furniture, but still, you know, have that kind of um, economic like efficiency element to it and have them affordable, because um, like to me, it seems like this is just obviously an amazing um, concept that people need to get into, but then how they could potentially be, you know, held back by the costs.
2: Well, do you know what, with sustainability, obviously, recycle, reuse is a massive thing. And there is a trend for this year. For life of I me, mean, I can't remember what it's called. But basically, it's about the reuse of furniture. I mean, if you go to antique shops, they're not hugely overpriced. You go to second-hand shops, you go to flea markets, you can pick up some pretty good pieces of furniture that you can make yours. I mean, I, I mean, here in Germany, we have lots of flea markets and antique markets, and we go to them, and you know, they're really, really good. Yes, they might look, I mean, they're old, the, the finishes might not have, the coatings are sustainable, but they're old, they've been out there, they've done a lot of the off-gassing. And if you want to change it, all you need to do is, is you can sand it down and you can apply whatever finish you want to it. Now, what I recommend if you are going to do that, to make sure you put a face mask on, um, because obviously the finish on that product that when it was originally made, probably not going to be the healthiest, but I'm second hand shops are like little treasure troves. People don't understand that you can, it doesn't have to be brand new. And because some people are still not everybody's in that mindset of oh, you know, we need to recycle circular mode, some people still buy in that linear mode. And it's amazing what you can find. I mean, when we lived in the UK, you could go to the tip, and the guys at the tip would put stuff by the sides that you know that didn't be too far away, and you could pick up pieces. I mean, if you like Belfast Sinks, they're a classic. If you go to Tip, you'll always find those are Belfast Sinks. Um, even secondhand lighting, you can get that. But My advice for you that is get it checked by someone who's electrical before you start hanging it in the pay apartment. Um, also, there's lots of great things on Facebook, isn't there, that people are, oh, you know, I'm leaving this area, I need to move. So I, I am a great advocate. It doesn't always have to be brand new. You can funk it up. Um, even have a go at making, your buying some fabric and making your own cushions and stuff, you know, because then you can buy the fabric, you can make it whatever you want or what your grand, your grandparents or family, what have they got stored in their attics? I mean, you know, there's always stuff hidden in people's houses I mean, or you can put things out to friends. Okay, I need this. Has anybody got this? So I think that's really a fun part of just, and then as you get more money comes in, you can then save and buy whatever you want. And, you know, it'd be more, you know, be able to buy what you want. And when it comes to paint and that, I do advocate that, you know, don't buy the cheaper paints because you aren't possibly getting the sustainable good paints that are low VOC. And I always say, buy the decent paints, like for instance, Edward Bomber paints are really good. They're plant-based, they're low VOC, and they haven't got the chemicals in. But the thing is, if you buy that expensive can of paint, it's gonna go further in your room, you're not going to have to replace it. So sometimes, if you want something, something advise buy it or save for it. Secondhand furniture, I think it's great. I think it's a really good thing. And also there is another thing where you can rent furniture now. So you don't have to buy it, you can rent it. And if that works in your budget, so there are really good alternatives out there for you. So yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point about buying second-hand. We were joined by Upcycle Furniture a few weeks ago and she gave us a um, a statistic. I think she said there's 13 million pieces of furniture thrown away every year in the UK. Um, That might not be 100% correct, so you sort of have to go back and listen to the podcast. But I think that's what she said. But that is just mental. So I've said the market is massive and it's there, and it's there to be used, and it's always best to use what we have than to buy and
2: fund a new market well the interior design is kind of following what the fashion industry Mm. unfortunately kind of lag behind the fashion industry the fashion industry now there's a company in denmark that basically that's working with companies like levi's which they put a little microchip in the in the clothes it's all registered on this website this company in denmark have done so if you but people buy these clothes from certain manufacturers and then like a few months i don't want this they can then go on it logs it and then it goes and gets shipped to somebody else. So it doesn't end up in a, a landfill. And I think when it comes to furniture, I think you'll find that this will, this will pattern or repeat. I mean, like in certain countries, like in the States you've got in Canada, you've got Craigslist, because I've worked and I've lived in Canada, and you can go onto Craigslist and pick up anything. It's, it's, I think, you know, people, certain people are don't have stuff for long until, I think the mindset has change, people will start to hold on to their furniture a bit more. But secondhand furniture is great fun. You know, if it's not quite right, you can buy a throw and, and put that over it, you know, and you can buy an ethical, sustainable throw, put that on it. It's just, I don't know. I've done it myself and I worked in Sydney years ago. We bought all secondhand furniture and we had such, it looked like a 1970s living room, but we had so much fun and it was a talking piece. So you can make it what you want
1: when we had our um, pre-podcast conversation you spoke a bit about hidden plastics in well lots of different areas but in mm-hmm. particular in paint um like wall paint carpets wallpaper would you like to just expand on that a little bit because i think our listeners um, are very interested
2: yeah <laughs> unfortunately plastic I don't know who i was talking to if it was you guys or somebody said you know you had the stone age you had the iron age and we're going to be known as a plastic age so which is really sad yeah this comes to wallpapers there's plastic in it vinyl wallpaper there's oh there's so much there's plastic in carpets it's it's just you know also if there's a thing as well i've just finished a course and even if something's made from recycled plastic, is it still off gassing? And when I did a circular economy course with the Ellen McCarthy unit, um, Foundation at the end of last year, like well, once the plastic's recycled, made into like picnic tables, at the end of life, that what can happen at the, after that? Can it be reused? But yeah, in paints, if you're using the latex paint, goes on the wall, it's got plastic on your walls, can't breathe. It's just so many products. When you break it down and you look at it, there's plastic in it, and you just think, oh, it, it's, yeah, it's, uh, we need to kind of try and avoid stuff of plastic because of the off-gassing, it's not good. It's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a bigger, uh, a big issue. But I think one that we can fight is just changing manufacturer, manufacturer's mindset. So it works, it's cheap to manuf- manufacture it and using it. And we need to get out of that mindset and think, hold on a minute this is just causing more issues so you know and it's all made from it all comes back to fossil fuels as well doesn't it which is kind of like people are trying to move away from but i think it i think the mindset of people will change because people are going to say i don't want plastic what are my alternatives and i think the more designers that get on board okay we need to design like this no and there's more recognition for the products that plastics are in people will deter and move away from it
1: I think it's also about spreading awareness because as someone who's in the sustainable like Sophia I had no idea about this so people who aren't necessarily interested they're gonna have even less idea about this so how can we change something when no one really knows about it
2: this is this is about well this is why I wrote my book because I got so frustrated not everybody can afford an interior designer I mean I used to be a nurse and if someone had said to me oh yeah getting into a design I'd be like oh my goodness I can't afford that you know so I, I think so I set about i and wrote my book and I put it out there and, and so that the people can read about you know this look for these kind of products avoid this kind of products because everybody has the right to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle um, and I think there are more people becoming aware of it there's more groups and organisations I belong to an organisation called Regenerative and they're Against plastic, and I think more and more people, I think with your younger generation that are coming through, you're more aware of it, and you don't want it. So I do think that there it is becoming more of a thing. Like it's Plastic Free July. I've signed up for that. That started in Australia. That's now global. So I think it is growing. It's just a case that manufacturers might need to start being honest with what's in their products and labelling their products everything that's in there. And I think it's understanding even though it might be on the label, it's kind of understanding how the plastic is written on that label because it will be written, it won't be written as plastic, it will be written as as, other words, which if you look at that and you think, oh, what the heck is that? Unless you Google it, you'll never find out.
0: And also um, something that I can see that, you know, we have um, in our outline for the podcast is also the effects that uh, sustainable design can have on mental health. And I just wanted to talk a little bit more about that and just get your, you know, perception of it um, as to, because I think the physical effects, you know, from our discussion are very evident. Now I'm kind of sitting in my room thinking I need to do something <laughs> with the furniture that I have in here. Um, but in terms of mental health, uh, what are the impacts?
2: Um, well, it, we got, it's more to do with the design aspect and sustainability how you design your house a lot of people when they buy when they only get your own first house or flat or apartment whatever it is you kind of think oh yeah this looks great this looks great it's and then all of a sudden you've got this mountain of furniture and put in your and you're like thinking oh my goodness it's about so it's a case of stepping back again and space planning because the more cluttered a space is the more it causes it will increase the stress levels in your body you won't feel relaxed also everyone's been working from home or you guys have been studying or you're studying from home it's about separating where you study and work from where you sit and relax but yeah another thing is just is declutter is is you know and color as well everyone thinks oh look at that color trend well, hopefully trends will go soon because it's trends that are causing all this massive impact of, like, everybody changing the furniture. It's like clothing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, then you've got to get a new trend. Hopefully that won't be as continuous as what it has been. But it's so the colours, I mean, what colour affects you? I mean, I don't mind the colour yellow, but I know I worked with a friend years ago thought the colour yellow was a psychotic colour. She couldn't have it. So it's about taking a step back and thinking okay, what colour makes me feel calm, grounded, and mindful? What can I get rid of? What do I need in this, my in my living quarters that I... that, that That's not... It's about decluttering and just making the space mindful. And and to you, and natural... And bringing natural products and, like, plants and stuff like that. Bringing in the natural daylight. I mean, God, we all have these LED lights in our ceilings. And sometimes when you go into a place and that, the builders have gone crazy and it's just, like... feels like you're in a doctor's surgery with all these led lights in the ceiling it's about using like natural light your body likes natural light putting in some plants in there plants are really good for the well-being getting rid of all your clutter using the color that suits you not that is in trend because you know what i don't like the same color as other people um and it's just being mindful um basically about how you feel what makes you feel good making that apartment about you not this is how again trends not about this trend but what makes you because you know it might be trendy but you might walk into it and think oh my god I just can't feel like I can relax so yeah it's, it's just thinking about yourself making it personal getting rid of the clutter some people probably won't like that um and bringing in the natural daylight bringing in There's a thing called biophilia, which is coming in now, and it's basically taking ourselves back to nature, which a lot of people can do. I mean, it's hard when you live, especially when you're working and living in London, but you can bring that kind of biophilia, you can bring that into your apartment, house or whatever, and it's using colours from nature, like greens, calm colours, neutral colours, pot plants, and like having natural wooden flooring. If you've got wooden, proper wooden, not the laminate flooring, if you've got proper wooden boards in your apartment house and that, they actually still absorb the CO2 in your house and apartment, and that doesn't go until they're burnt or destroyed. So if you've got wooden products, they're still absorbing the CO2, that will make it healthy for you. And bring in that natural light. I mean, I used to be a nurse, and I, you know, in the winter months, when you did night shifts, I felt like I was a that owl because you never see daylight. And it does affect your mental health, because you think, I need daylight we all need daylight so it's about yeah and, and positioning if your workstation in the house making sure your computer's in the right place you haven't got the sun coming on it taking regular breaks and also going and spending time outside and then coming back in so
1: i was just gonna say it's really interesting about the wooden floor i didn't realize that it's that the wood still works like that
2: yeah it does but it's not laminate flooring or yeah. this other stuff it has to be proper board but wood, I learnt this on the course I've just finished, but wood still carries on absorbing CO2 until it basically, if people are burn it, which would be really sad because wooden floorboards last forever. But yeah, wood still absorbs CO2.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to say that actually, like speaking of the biophilia effects, I wrote a blog um, for Sustainability Speaks back when we just started, I think around November time. And it's actually very interesting, you know, how important it is for humans to try and attempt to reconnect with nature through the biophilia effect but also like the role that you know either architects or designers can play in that you know process of uh, you know designing a building or designing the interior because also it's so different from like you know the green architecture of for example just having like a green wall on you know a facade of a building so um I think it'll be very interesting to see how that essentially progresses within the space
2: oh there's um actually a building in liverpool it's the the physician uh, physicians East a physician's thing it's they've still got it in london but they've moved it to liverpool and they've just built a designed a building basically on biophilia on the principles of biophilia so it's not na- it's like natural include natural products water light um plants and, and products that are simple, like fill it, using wood, natural wood in your house, rather than laminated products, and just bringing in materials that reflect the texture of nature that, and feel, and lighting in the building. So, you put, and it draws more natural daylight than it does from artificial light. So it is, a, it is massively that biophilia is taking off. It's kind of going hand in hand in sustainability at the moment.
1: Uh, we've covered about the importance of um, good interior design to our mental health. What are the conditions associated with a bad interior design on our oh physical health?
2: On your physical health? Yeah. Oh, blimey! I have to be careful here. Cause...
1: Well, okay, I can
2: give you an example here. So, mattresses. Everybody likes to go to bed. I like sleeping. I'm not going to deny it. I like to have a good night's sleep so when you go to sleep if you're a person that sweats a lot your mattresses mattresses are covered in fire retardants so and when you sweat you absorb it on your skin and if you so it's this is what then this is this is the thing we need to hopefully and that's hard because fire retardants and stuff all go back to fossil fuel governments I mean, there's cotton-safe, ma- if you are interested in a mattress that hasn't got fire retardant, there's cotton-safe mattresses in the UK. I've done, I've done, a uh, interview them. They're absolutely brilliant. Their mattresses don't contain fire retardants and they're, they're a really good company. And he just sent me into research, pointed me in the direction. And it, it's just crazy that, you know, fire retardants have been linked to increasing the risk of stuff like, Um, breast cancer research has shown you know you have a baby you have a child super exciting time everybody thinks let's put a carpet on the floor and then you think your child spends the first one to two years of their life on this carpet if it isn't a chemical-free sustainable carpet then it's going to either have stain retardant on it and fire retardant on it and then your baby is potentially your child is breathing in these chemicals your pet's I'm a dog lover. I don't have children, or if you're a cat lover, you're, their research has shown that the cats, your pets spend all the time on the floor, even if you've got a wooden floor. It depends what the finish. If it's a has got a toxic finish on it, the cats and dogs they lick themselves. So and they're licking the if they've spent all their paws have been on the floor. Obviously, they're licking their paws, so they're then taking they're in, in digesting the chemicals and stuff. There's just there's just so much. Um, it's just, yeah, it, there's just so much it can do. There's actually the, the, chemicals and stuff that are put in products, materials that can actually affect, um, affect your endocrine system. They're linked to respiratory disorders, they're linked to, they can cause cancers. So it's kind of like, I mean, in America they're becoming extremely aware of this because obviously in the States there is this thing that, oh, if you don't design my property, then sustainably that, and there's a risk to health and people get sick. Then there's this growing awareness, but it's just I don't I don't know. You just have to check what's in the product because there's lots of things. I mean, it can affect some of the products we buy. Can the stuff that's in them or on them can actually affect your fertility? That can affect make you infertile. So it's and I don't want to scare anybody because people be like, oh my god, I can't buy this because I'm going to be infertile. It's not like that. But there's just lots of research out there that the products that we're using that are inside materials or covered on materials can actually have a long lasting effect I mean my parents of that generation where everything is carpeted so when I go home visit them I'm like oh my god this is just carpet um, and I know they bought their carpet expensive carpet but that's got fire retardant and stuff in, and they're just like wow what's what's going on but I think people are manufacturers are starting to realise that what people are understanding are in the products there are now things thing called green chemists And I didn't know until a few weeks ago, but they actually now are trying to produce stuff that's not gonna be detrimental to human health. So hopefully this movement will take in and we'll have more sustainable products, which aren't actually gonna do harm to, to people. I mean, it can even affect when you're pregnant, you can take in the chemicals and they can affect the fetus. So it's kind of like really thinking about, you know, what's in the material that you're buying. And I don't want to scare anybody.
0: So, yeah, I guess it's just with that, it would be, you know, finding a balance because it's, I think it's so important to, you know, educate yourselves and obviously try and get the most stable products. But I guess it's just a process of doing that gradually, um, which is definitely something that I'm going to start doing because, yeah. <laughs>
2: But basically, uh, do you know what? It's mm. expensive doing a design project, isn't it? I'm not, Our hands up, I mean, God, when you go to look at the price of a kitchen, I mean, like I said, I worked as the nurse, when I go to look at the price of a kitchen with a house in the UK, I'm like, oh my goodness me, how many months' salary is this gonna cost? And then you look at the, the, the cupboard doors of the products in wicks and stuff like that, the type of doors. And I think if it's made of a particle board or another kind of MDF type of board, just like, well, what glue has been used in this product? Because a lot of stuff have got formaldehyde in, which is not a good product. So it's just really, if you, it's not about rushing out there and, and design is expensive. Anything interiors or architectural is expensive. It's about taking a step back and thinking, well, I, what can I afford now? What is important? And what can I gradually build into that project? So, and it's just being really aware about, I mean, goodness me, if you said to me 10 years ago, oh your carpet can is like is not is detrimental, I would thought, okay, it's a carpet, you know, or your kitchen cupboards, what are they made of? Um, yeah, it's just like I said, it's just looking at what the products are made of. And I think the more people that do this, the more the manufacturers are going to think we can't do this anymore, we need to change how we manufacture and make our products
1: if you were in our position and you were just about to get started on this sort of thing what would be your first step um what if i was going to rent a place or um just anything in general what would you remove first like the carpet the curtains the mattress the wood? what would i do
2: first yeah that's oh, me you shouldn't ask me that as a nurse that's the worst thing <laughs> never ask anyone medical because they'll go to the extreme um i do i do know what if i was starting out because you, if you rip up the, the carpet has been down for how many years if you're moving into a rented place if they haven't put a new carpet down and it's been down there for years then i possibly like i would go with that but i think i would buy paint change the walls and i would also get a mattress that I sweat a lot at night. So for me, a mattress to be kind of like, yeah, I, I want to make sure that I, when I go to bed at night. I'm not laying on a mattress that's so actually not doing me any good. Um, but I wouldn't, I would be buying secondhand furniture because I wouldn't be able to afford it. I know that I've, I've lived and worked abroad and I've always, when I lived in Canada, everything I bought was always secondhand furniture. And then I sold it on again afterwards. So it would be secondhand furniture, but I'd always buy, I think my mattress, you know, that's heaven, isn't it? It's your escape place at night time and I'd be thinking what's on my walls how can I make this better and if you haven't got the money to do it I'd be airing letting as much natural light and the fresh air into your apartment if you're airing it the get- off-gassing is going out the window you're letting that off-gassing so don't everyone in the winter is like yeah let's shut all the windows and stuff you still need to let that room breathe and if you are buying anything new it comes wrapped in plastic unfortunately um unwrap it and if you can let it off gas keep the windows open if you're buying new furniture open windows and ventilate the space that that furniture is in so the, the off gas and that because once you move the plastic you get a initial reaction of more gas off gas and coming off open the windows and let and let the furniture off gas so yeah it's just yeah, it's just thinking sensibly, isn't it? I mean, obviously when you finish university, it's just like, yay, what can I buy? I have my first income, this is great kind of thing. But it's just, have fun, go visit antique fairs, go to flea markets. I mean, if you're in the UK, go to Brighton, go down the lanes there. I don't know how they are at the moment. And they've got like antique stuff, secondhand stuff, have a bit of fun. And, and then once obviously your money starts coming in and think, okay, how can I make my space healthier? There's lots of information on the website on the internet now. It's just about, okay, what can I do it? And there's another good community called Pebbles. And on this Pebbles community, they actually have lots of small businesses that sell sustainable products. So for shampoo and bits and pieces like that. So if you're finishing, and you're a graduate, they, they're they quite a good community for people to join to find out about sustainable products that aren't
0: horrendously expensive. So to round off, um... Would you just like to perhaps tell us and our listeners a bit about your future goals and ambitions? You did say that, you know, you've written a book. So um, when is that being released? Okay, so my book
2: um, is called My Happy Place, because my home is my happy place. Um, it's about sustainable, humane, humane, sorry, and healthy design. Um, it's just, it's going for a publisher. Um, yeah, and that comes out on October the 26th. I'll send you guys a link. So if any, it's ready for pre-order now, and I'll send you guys a link and a discount code. So if anyone wants to pre-order it, you can order it through the publisher's website. They do. It's on Amazon at the moment, but obviously we're off in a special promotional pre-order. Um, it's down. In, it's it's basically in seven chapters, and it's done on the seven elements of design. It's readable from anybody, from architect, from contractor to DIY enthusiastic, and it's done why is it different to anyone else so I've actually done a lot of research and there's actually companies in there with the products that are sustainable um, at the time of writing the book obviously if companies change the materials they use they're like that's unfortunate and there's also a reference section at the back of companies sustainable products and also there's a reference for the third, third certificate third party certification so it tells people the, if you, these certifications are there then nine times out of ten, it's be really sustainable. Um, so yeah, it's a it was a fun book to write. Um, it's hard writing a book, I must admit. I didn't realise writing it was fun, but fun, but the editing with the publisher was hard work. Um, I'd say I'm um, start my own sustainable wallpaper range. It'll actually be coming out in January. That will hope to be globally. I don't know. I just want to be able to help people to create healthy and sustainable living. And business places, and I just want to be like the go-to guru for sustainable design. I just think we need to stop. We need to stop designing in a way that is detrimental to both the planet and human health and animal health. We need to be. Everyone needs to start thinking. Okay, I need. To, I don't need all this stuff in my house or my business. I just it needs to reflect who I am, and I want people to help make help people see that you can still. It's I. I describe it in my book as. When like 20 years ago if you're a vegan or vegetarian you went to a restaurant it was like eating cardboard it was just like boring and bland and a lot of people when you look at it sustainable interior design they look at it these some people are like oh yeah but i can't achieve this that's not the case you can create some amazing spaces using sustainable ideas and products brand new second hand and i just want to be able to do that i want to be able to help like hotel chains think okay why do we need to keep changing everything all the time why can't we just Hold on and use more stuff, and and be more sustainable, so we're not actually taking more stuff out of the planet.
1: Can I just ask what sort of designs are on your wallpaper? I'm very interested to see those.
2: Ah, I, I'm not going to show you because the yeah
1: people out there like to
2: um, copy. I mm. mean, I've which is unfortunate thing, isn't it? So I love um, I like the minimalist approach. If you go onto my website, you'll see. my designs and my instagram that i like the minimalistic approach i also like um japan japanese style so my influence on my wallpaper has got a japanese flair to it so yeah and i've been working with an artist for the last eight months so yeah they are yeah they're hopefully going to be going live well the brochures in product I can send you guys a copy of the brochure once it's done. I th- I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that'll be done by the end of September. Um, I'm happy to mail that out. Yeah, I'm just in um, discussions with the manufacturer. It's made from renewable energy. The manufacturing process for the wallpaper is made with renewable energy, which is great, which means we're not sucking energy out of the planet. And we're just looking at a new wallpaper that's being manufactured actually in Germany. It's sustainable, it's plant based obviously most wallpaper is plant-based anyway but it's just working out that there's no additives in there that are chemicals that are actually going to affect it so that basically I want so when people decide I don't want wallpaper anymore they can take it off and it's biodegradable and it's not going to off gas I know the water-based inks are fine which they use it's just we're just getting into the nitty-gritty now of the actual paper to make sure that it's it's healthy so yeah
1: That's really cool. That's really exciting.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. It was a massive pleasure speaking to you, Rachel. This has been so insightful. And to all the listeners, we will link um, any links to websites, social medias, and uh, the book pre-order in the description of our podcast and also on our social media. So thank you so much once again.
2: Thank you. I've really enjoyed speaking to you guys. And you know what? It's so great to see you guys that have just finished university taking on this there needs more people like you to be doing this and i think it will happen i think you guys are on an amazing journey that your sustainability speaks and especially at your age you know that's where it's like kind of kung fu kicking everybody into shape to try and get everybody singing from the same hymn sheet as my grandparents would say so but yeah no thank you
0: thank you thank you so much